0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. All right, so let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 13, Luke chapter 13, and I'm going to have them put up a JPEG on the screen here, and you can put it up any time you want. We're actually going to branch off of a series into another series within a series. <laughs> okay? And I don't know if you can see that there. It's a little bit milky. Is there any way to make that better? Can you read that, guys? Do you see what that is? It's a little kid jumping off a rock into his father's arms. That's faith. I said, That's faith. You know why a lot of people are afraid to do this with God? Because they don't know Him real well and they're not sure if He's going to catch them. <laughs> really, if you want your faith to grow, just get to know Him more because it's not hard to trust somebody you really know. It's hard to trust a stranger. But it's not hard to trust somebody you really know who loves you and cares for you and has never told a lie. Faithful and true, right? And so we're going to talk about faith changes everything. So we've been talking about turned trust and follow, but I can't leave this yet. We've got to have faith school for a while. Is that okay with everybody? Even if it wasn't, I'd still do it anyway. Because I know it's okay with the Lord, but this is gonna be really good. We prayed tonight on our way to church that we would see things we've never seen before concerning faith in God, trust in God, His faithfulness toward us, and how to operate in faith. How to live by faith. How to overcome everything by faith. And to see way more results than we have been seeing. Are you thankful for the results you have been seeing? Well, there's a lot of more results about to happen. Because we're going to learn some things about faith in a very simple way. And it's going to revolutionize our lives and our families. And anybody we know that looks on. Are you ready? Look with me at Luke 13. We're going to read from verse 10 through 17. We're going to read this uh, account of a healing again. And I want to say this to you again. This healing occurred in church. And I always wonder sometimes what would have happened if this woman who got healed decided, well, I don't think I'm going to go to church today. I'm going to sit around and watch TV and, uh, you know, I just don't feel like I want to go today. I've got this condition in my body that's not right. and Well, this wouldn't be in the Bible. How many know you have to be in the right place at the right time to receive some things that the Lord wants to give you? And so, you know, these so a lot of these healings happened in church. So look at Luke 13, verse 10. It says, And there, as he was teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath, behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years, a sickness for 18 years, and was bowed or bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. So some kind of crazy Terrible arthritic condition here. She's walking around like this for 18 years, or probably progressively worse through the 18 years. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you're loosed from your infirmity. Get the picture. She's like this. Jesus calls her to him and he says, Woman, you're free. <laughs> what do you think some of the natural minded people thought? you false hope giver, liar. Can't you see? I mean, there's more going on than what you can physically see. There's a realm called the realm of the spirit where all things are possible to him that believes. Well, she's like this. He didn't say, woman, you're about to be loosed. Come on, you need to understand the tenses here. You got to believe you're free before you see you're free. Do you understand? That's faith. And so he said, woman, you're loose from your infirmity. According to what I'm about to do for you at the cross, according to the plan of God, according to everything that the Word of God talks about in the area of healing, you're loosed. It's so interesting because she got free. And then it said, read the rest of it. He said he, that he laid his hands on her, which simply means he was helping her to receive. And there might have been a transmission of the anointing from the Lord into her. But the words, woman, you are free, had to be spoken first. Woman, you're free. And a lot of times laying on of hands helps people to receive. Who maybe don't quite have the level of faith they need to receive, laying on of hands helps them to receive. It doesn't make them receive. And the power of God did not go into this woman simply because the power of God was there to heal her. She was open enough to a degree, obviously, to receive this healing because she received her healing. But notice the rest of it here. It says, He laid His hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue, you know, the, the church leader, answered with indignation because Jesus healed on the Sabbath day. Can you think of such a blasphemous thing? He healed on the Sabbath day. What blasphemy! I said this last week. people that persecuted Jesus for healing on the Sabbath day, they're a little off up here, or they're being seduced by demons because what person in their right mind would criticize somebody for getting a woman healed that was bound for 18 years on the Sabbath day? You know, you could be so caught up with religion, you totally miss Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? laws and rituals and rules and do's and don'ts, you miss the whole heart of life, which is relationship. And so, it's so interesting because this this guy, (laughs) it takes demonic help to persecute somebody who's doing good things. It just doesn't make sense. Now, I often thought, okay, what if this woman was this Pharisee's daughter? What if this woman was his mother, or his wife? Providing they had a really good relationship. (laughs) And and he wanted her healed. Uh, But, I mean, you see see how ridiculous it is? And And the Lord had to even correct him here, and they got kind of ashamed. But read on here, it says, The ruler of the synagogue said, What are you doing healing on the Sabbath day, Jesus? Uh, and he said unto the people, There are six days in that men ought to work, and them therefore come and be healed, not on the Sabbath day. The Lord answered him and said, You hypocrite. It's, that's hypocrisy. You hypocrite. You don't even believe this in your own life with animals. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath day loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, let alone your donkey, ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham? Now, why did Jesus say that? Because he's telling us right here, this woman had a covenant right to be healed any day of the week, Sabbath day or Tuesday or Monday or whenever. She's a daughter. Why did the Lord say, bring this up. Why didn't he just say this certain woman? He said she's a daughter of Abraham. She's in a covenant with God. And she had a covenant right to be healed, and she had that right for all 18 years. Why didn't anything happen before? She had a right to it. It was God's will. It was available. It was her covenant blood-bought right. Why didn't she have it? Why was she bound for 18 years? Because nobody told her the truth, and nobody believed God for a miracle to happen. Just like Christians everywhere today. They've got a blood-bought covenant right to be healed, but they've not heard the right things. Therefore, they've not believed the right things. They've not been in atmospheres where other people believe those things and minister those things, and they're still bound. And all the while, they're legally and, and justly and rightly healed in God's eyes, but they're still bound physically because they haven't heard. Notice again, what did it all start with? Well, first of all, he was teaching in the synagogue. But then he said something specifically to her. He said, she heard. He said, she, hey, you're loose. Those are some of the most powerful words you can quote over your life. I'm free. I'm free. Oh, pastor, I'd be lying. I don't feel free. Wait, analyze this. You ready? You can feel sick, but say I am free. I am healed. I am is different than I feel. Unless you're just totally so feeling oriented you think that is who you really are. Every feeling you have is who you truly are. You know, some of the feelings that come to you don't represent you very well at all. They're feelings of the flesh. They're feelings of the enemy. Feelings that temptation tries to produce in your life. That's not you just because you feel it. That's just something your body's feeling. That doesn't mean it's your heart. And to say, I'm free, is one of the strongest things you can say. What are you saying it according to? Christ has freed me from the curse of the law. In Him I have redemption through His blood. I'm free. The truth makes me free. You can say, I'm free. I am is way stronger than I feel. Go with I am. Go with what you believe more than what you feel, and it'll actually change what you feel. So he told her, he, now he's kind of reprimanding these guys, and he said in verse 16, Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? When he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. She ought to be healed. She's a daughter of Abraham. Jesus said, "Daughter of Abraham, you ought to be healed. This is not a light issue. This is not a side issue. You ought to be healed. The Lord said, "You ought to be healed, daughter of Abraham. If a daughter of Abraham ought to be healed, what about a daughter of God? What about a son of God, a child of God? Well, we ought ought to be healed. <laughs> Let's double it, right? If she ought to be healed, because she was a daughter of Abraham, we ought to ought to be healed because we're children of God. And we need to get an attitude. About it, one of the things I'm sending out in this this email coming out tomorrow, it has to do with some of these things that people have been taught all their life that evolution is how we got here, and um, you know you come from some slime and and now you've evolved into a Homo sapien and all this stuff. <laughs> one time I remember Isaac learned about this in school <laughs> about you know Homo sapiens and human beings and all. He came home and told Rachel Isaac's like what ten or twelve or ten like, uh, and Rachel's like. Three or four, or five or something like that. But anyway, he says, "Rachel, you're a homo sapien. She goes, "I am not." She thought it was something bad, and, and she's, "Mommy, Isaac called me a homo sapien. Said, well, You are. And his mom said, "Well, you are, Rachel." She's, "Ah!" Really <laughs> 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 Anyway, um, so this this email is coming out. It's it's gonna it's gonna really jar some people, but it, it's it's bringing out the truth that evolution is a cut to our identity. We are not here by a happenstance happening. We are here by purpose of a father who wanted a family. And we are made in the image and likeness of God. We are the offspring of the Most High. And the whole thing I'm bringing out in this email is what I'm talking about right now. We are the children of God and we have something to say about these diseases that are coming against us. I was, it was sad, I, and, I, and I don't want to mention this person's name. If I did, you'd know who this person was. Very, very famous, quote unquote, in the world's eyes. Wife of an actor, and she was talking about some disease that had come against her and about the coronavirus uh, coming against them. And, and she said that, you know, um, I, just, I just realized that, you know, I could be sick anytime, and uh, I just need to accept the fact that, you know, we'll probably get coronavirus. And they did. And then the gent's talking about this other sickness, say, no, I, I just need to realize that it could happen to me and you anytime. No, no, lady. No, no. You, you obviously don't realize who you are. You're the offspring of God. This is a little stupid disease. You're a child. If she's born again, I hope she is. But if you're a child of God, you're above all this stuff. And the problem has not been that God hasn't been healing people. The problem has been that people aren't rebuking sickness. And taking their place as a child of God and said, stop, you can't come against me or my children. I'm made in the image and likeness of God. Come on. I'm not a nobody, a some victim going somewhere to be sick. I'm, I'm in a, I'm a, if you're born again, you are in a relationship with God and he's in you and you're in him and you have something to say. And if you're not saying, that's one of the problems against these sicknesses and diseases. Come on, if God had to say, let there be before things change from darkness to light, we're going to have to say some things if we want things to go from wrong to right. In our lives, say, speak, release your faith. You tell me I don't have faith? I'm not saying you don't have faith, but are you releasing your faith? Are you speaking boldly what you believe against problems that come against your life? The book of Romans says, what then shall we say to these things? I don't believe in talking to things. And you don't believe part of the Bible. Paul said, what should we say to these things? We should say, no! I'm more than a conqueror over all these things through Him that loved me. That's one of the things you should say. Jesus said, if you want results, don't just talk about your mountain and your problem and your obstacle. Don't just talk to God about it and pray for God to take it away. If you want results, speak to the mountain yourself. You're a child of God. You have authority and power. You're the offspring of the Most High. You're a spirit being with faith. Speak, believe. And I'm going to talk about something tonight because a lot of times we get in this realm of faith in church and then you have to be super-duper diligent to stay in this realm after church is over, which is one of the reasons we have archives on the Internet, which is another reason we encourage you to constantly listen to good teachings and good music that builds your faith because there, there are currents of unbelief all over this world. The number one philosophy... Of this world is, if I see it, I'll believe it. That is 100% opposite of what God says. He says, believe it, and you will see it. And this world, is we are surrounded by currents of unbelief that are so subtle that before you realize it, they're dominating you. If you're not diligent, to stay above it. Battles against centuries of trust in medicine alone. It's a battle trying to believe for healing. To to overcome sin, it's a never-ending struggle against the powers of darkness that tempt you and try to bring you into things you're not supposed to be involved with. Materialistic ripples that just buffet you about this financial thing. You have to stay stirred up. Getting in faith is wonderful. Staying in faith is even more wonderful until manifestations have time to occur. I don't know why sometimes it takes time other than maybe our faith needs to develop. But a lot of the things that people are believing for are presently theirs legally. But you want them experientially in your life. That's where faith and staying in faith comes in. And so I want to challenge you tonight on some of these areas as we read a couple more scriptures here. So, turn with me. To Mark 11 again, and we went here last week, and then we're going to get a couple other scriptures tonight, I believe, with the help of the Lord. Did you see the, the big truth here, though? This woman was bound with the disease for 18 years, and all along she had a covenant right to be healed, but her body was still sick. It's like a lot of people today. One of the things we're going to get out of this teaching is revelation on what she got, so these things that we have a right to. To or to be free from, start showing up in our life, and start appearing. Paul talked about your profiting should appear to all men. So turn to Mark eleven twenty three and 24. Say this with me. Faith changes everything. Come on. When all else fails, and they have no cure, and there is no answer in the natural... Faith says, no sweat, no problem, I'll take care of this. Right. Faith in God. Faith in what he said. Faith in a faithful, wonderful, loving, heavenly father fixes everything. I say this a lot in our church because the Lord gave us this phrase years ago, that when a doctor tells you there's no hope for you because of a disease that hit your body, that's not Jesus telling you there's no hope. Right. God didn't fall off the throne. God's not going, oh, this is a disease I've never heard of. What are we going to do, angels? God's like, there's a cure for everything. I know a lot of people like to hear this because they just, they're set. They're, they're, They're like uncorrectable, unpersuadable. And I don't know what you do with people like that. It's one thing to not know and to not believe. It's another thing to know and choose not to believe. That's a bad kind of unbelief. I mean, they're both not good, but the worst kind is knowing and refusing to be persuaded. So, Mark eleven 23. We'll read two verses here. This teaching here goes over the heads of most people on this planet. It's hard for a lot of people to comprehend this, and I found this out, and you can put Mark eleven twenty three 23 on the screen, I found this out, that a lot of these supernatural truths are hard to comprehend if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is a supernatural experience. Maintaining a Spirit-filled life is a supernatural experience. And a lot of people that aren't filled with the Spirit, they kind of intellectually try to understand the Bible. Well, you can't intellectually understand this. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed. This is Jesus teaching. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, obstacle. Be cast into the sea. If you don't doubt in your heart, and you... Believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. Jesus said you'll have whatever you say. He's teaching us here how to get results like our Father gets results. God believed and spoke and things changed. He's saying, children of God, why don't you start doing some believing and speaking so things can change in your life in this fallen world. Hmm? How many of you know if you want to get free, you're going to have to say something? (laughs) You're not just going to pray something, you're going to have to say something. If you want to be free and stay free, you're going to have to learn to talk right. Right? You're going to have to learn to connect your mouth to God's Word when everything's trying to push you to say something else. Peter said it's a refraining process. You've got, whoa, 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 Nelly Belly. Whoa, you got a whoa. It's getting out of control. Refrain your tongue from evil and your lips that they speak no guile. Why? Because you want to love life and see good days, don't you? Then the Bible says, Refrain your tongue from evil and your lips that they speak no guile. Evil is saying anything that, against what God said. God called an evil report. I can't do what you said I can do, God. He called that an evil report of unbelief. He did. It's it's interpreted. We can't go into the promised land. There's giants in the promised land. Yeah, but God said, go take it. Yeah, but there's giants. But he said, go take it. He said he'd go with you. There's no giant bigger than God. Yeah, but it's just too big. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. And the Bible said that was an evil report when they said, we can't do God what you said we can do. That's evil in God's ears. may not be evil in your ears, but it's evil in the Lord's ears. Because, oh, I heard the F word. Oh, I heard somebody cuss. That's not even close to as bad as saying, I can't do what you know God told you to do. Nowhere in the Bible I see cuss words being as evil as unbelief. I'm not plugging cussing. Don't cuss. Control yourself. Grow up. Be mature. There's better words to use. I, I personally, when I hear movies with cussing in them, I'm thinking, that's bad writing. They had to use a cuss word to try to make their line sound better. It's like, they need to just grow up and find more words in the dictionary because there's plenty in there where you don't have to cuss. But it's the love of money thing, I'm sure. So, read it again. Jesus said, He said, For truly I say unto you, because you wouldn't believe it, with your head, that whosoever, say I'm a whosoever, shall say to this mountain, mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. I personally believe you and I as children of God have power to move mountains in this life. Now, you'll probably never need to do it. Love will never probably say you need to do it. But isn't it neat to know you got the power if you ever did? I think he's talking about powers of the world to come. This will be normal in the next life. Bulldozers are out of here. We're talking about speaking and moving mountains in the life to come. But he says some of it, you need to know you have a tap, tapped into that power in this life too. If you can move a mountain, you can move a cancer. I, think that, I believe that's one of the things he's saying here. He's relating what your faith can do in the biggest sense, so anything smaller than that, you have power to change. Tumor. Right? And I know this goes over a lot of people's heads, but you know, people talk to things all the time. This stupid car, and they kick it, but they're talking wrong. If the car's broke, you don't want it more broke. You want it face to go, car, I'm going to have the money to fix you. You are a blessing. You're going to get me to and fro. I need this transportation. That's way better than cursing it. People say, I think it's weird you guys are talking about speaking to things. You do it too. Dumb toaster. Just got this thing. Slap it on the side. It's like... You believe in speaking to things. <laughs> Just speak to things properly. Now, when it comes to something bad in your body, rebuke the dumb thing. Talk to it. A lot of people are in trouble because they're not doing what Jesus said in Mark eleven 23. They're waiting for God to do everything. Jesus said, uh, excuse me, but you need to do some things too. And one of them is, speak to your problems, believe that what you say shall come to pass, and you will have whatever you say. Sounds like God's teaching us to be like Him. He spoke and things came to pass. He's wanting us to speak and see things come to pass. Well, that's weird. If you're not a child of God, it's weird. But if you're a child of God, it's just Daddy teaching his kids. And you're going to have to, again, just kind of detach yourself from what the mindset is of this entire world, because all the world, most of the church, Laughs at people that preach and believe like this. And then they wonder why they're sick, just like the world, bound just like the world, have sad days just like the world. Well, it's no mystery. If you're not taking the words of Jesus seriously, when He tells you how to overcome things and get out of problems, no wonder there's bondage. No wonder there's no difference between some Christians and the world when it comes to fears and paranoias and depressions and lack and poverty. Well, praise the Lord. Read verse 24. Mark 11:24. 24. Now, he just got, talk, talk, just got done talking about believing a thing in our heart and saying it with our mouth and having whatever we say. He says, now remember that principle as we talk about prayer. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And we found out last week that one of the, the, the number one phrase in Mark eleven twenty four 24 that we need to think about is believe you receive. We got the desire part down. How many got the desire? Anybody desire anything? Yeah. Something good you'd like to see happen in your life or your child's life or your finances or your Something good? You got the desire part down? Now, I'm not saying don't pour wood on the fire. I think our desires can be hotter at times. And they need to be piping hot. Almost like where I have to have it. I want it more than anything. Whatever you desire. When you pray, how many got the praying part down? How many of you ever said, Father, would you help me with this? Got the praying part down? What part do we need to work on then? Whatever you desire, when you pray, you ready? Ready? Right when you're praying, right when you're praying, believe something. Well, pastor, I believe in God. Good, but that is not what he said you're supposed to believe here if you want answers to prayer. It's good to believe in God, but Jesus didn't say whatever you desire when you pray, believe in God and he will be done for you. He didn't even say that believe that um, God wants you healed. That's a good thing to believe. It's a wonderful thing to believe, but it's not what he said to believe here. Put it back on the screen. Let's read it again. What did Jesus tell us specifically to believe here when we pray? Not 20 years after we pray, when we pray. And from then on, what are we supposed to believe? We believe you. You're talking about believing God? Well, we're believing God, but we're believing something He told us to believe in this verse. Believing we do something is believing God's Word's true. Believe you, receive. Believe you, receive. Receive. One thing I found out, if I really believe I received something, I'm not trying to get it anymore. If you're trying to get it, you slipped. You slipped from, I believe I got it, or I believe I receive it, to I believe I'm going to get it. No, 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 no. You got to believe you receive it. You got to get a smile on your face when you say amen, even if nothing changed. In the natural. Just like if you called somebody and said, hey, I want that refrigerator. Here's my credit card. They said it'll be there. All right, it's paid for. What are you doing now? I'll tell you one thing you're not doing. You're not trying to get a refrigerator. And you haven't even seen it yet. You haven't even seen it, but you're done trying to get a new one because you believe you got one. And now you're just expecting it to come in because it's already yours. You've already laid claim to it. Who expects something to come from FedEx or from Amazon, who expects something to come that they've never paid for? Right. Your expectancy doesn't even work until you believe you got it. You believe you got it. Now you're expect like a, like a pregnant woman we said last week. There's no woman expecting who isn't first pregnant. Right. <laughs> you better first be pregnant with the Word. You better first receive something on the inside if you ever want to see something on the outside. And just a little side nugget here, when it comes to spiritual expectation of things you believe you already have, one thing about an expecting woman is she gets bigger and bigger and bigger, right? Until, pop! And there's the manifestation. If we're expecting properly, we're not shrinking into less praise and less confessions and less joy, If we're praying a prayer, we're increasing until something shows up. Our praise is getting bigger. Our joy is getting bigger. Our confession is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Pop! There's the healing. Pop! There's the finances for the house. Pop! Right? I know it's a little harder than that, ladies. It's a little harder than pop. Wouldn't it be nice if it was that easy? But, do you see the principle here? Now, here's another thing. If you're expecting... If you're truly expecting to see something you've already received by faith, you're showing. Something is being seen in your life, physically. And that thing gets bigger. That confession of, praise God, I believe I got it. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God, I'm a happy person. Now here's, here's what we said last week. Believe you receive. I remember meditating on this and the Lord started giving me revelation on what that means practically. Believe you receive healing when you pray and you'll have healing. Believe you receive financial help when you pray and you'll have financial help. Believe you receive it. In other words, you've got to believe you got it before you have it. You've got to spiritually take it before you physically see it. Everything starts on the ground in the natural. You know, you don't even see it. And all of a sudden... Here comes a little blade, then an ear, then a full corn in the ear. But it all starts in the invisible world, so to speak. And same thing with faith. Just because you don't see anything immediate doesn't mean something wasn't planted. Doesn't mean something's not happening behind the scenes. Stick with it. Stay in the realm. And I told you last week, and I'm going to go over it again because I think we need to hear this again. Don't pray just because you need and want something. Pray when you're ready to believe you receive something. That means you gotta meditate on scriptures, It means you gotta renew your brain, you gotta go over things more than once, get these scriptures on the inside of you, so that when, not if, when demons come against you to try to get you out of faith for your prayer working, you got scripture to say, shut up devil, I believe that I've received. Shut up devil, God didn't lie. And quote five, six scriptures to him. And you might have to do that 10 times a day. Might have to do it for four weeks, eight months. But we are not of them that draw back, and you can do these things in a calm, restful state. The devil wants to wear you out. Don't let him wear you out. You can speak the word calmly on your bed, quietly to where your spouse doesn't even hear you, and it's just as powerful as yelling it out. Some other place. This is good. So, in closing... Turn to one more scripture in the book of Mark, chapter 5. So I want you to hear this now. What does it mean to believe you receive healing when you pray? What does it mean to believe you receive wisdom, answers, solutions, financial help, strength, miracle? What does it mean? Lou, believe you receive it and you'll have it. Well, let me tell you a couple of things. It means talk like you got it. Don't ever complain about not having it ever again. If you do, repent quickly and get back in faith. Mark eleven twenty three said, "You got to talk and believe in accordance with what you want." And he said, "Now, when you pray, you need to remember that because praying for some, praying a really good prayer." Believing it into your life, taking it by faith, can be aborted by wrong talk after your prayer. So you better not just pray right, you better say right when you're done praying. Because wrong words, death and life, you can kill. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can kill a good prayer by talking like your prayer didn't work. We tell people all the time in our prayer meetings, our online prayer meetings, and I'm sure you do on Sunday mornings, Carla, when you have prayer. We tell our people frequently, talk like your prayers are working. Talk like your prayers are working. Because you're going to hear news that's going to sound like your prayer didn't work. You're going to hear something on the news broadcast or over here on Facebook or somebody's going to say something and it's going to sound like our prayers for our government didn't work. And what's the devil trying to do? He knows if I can get people talking what I want them to talk, then I can get their power, their God-given power to work against this world, to work against the church, to work against good. And we got to we got to make sure when we're done praying, we're going to talk like our prayers are working. These are powerful biblical, scriptural things you can do to make sure you're in the believe you receive realm. Listen closely; the last couple minutes are going to be really interesting. I'm going to say some things I've never said before. Believe you receive means be happy like you got it, and you'll get it. Be happy like you got it when you prayed and you'll get it. Be happy like you got it, and you'll get it. Be nice like you got it. How nice would you be if every victory and every miracle you've ever wanted just showed up in your life? Well, be that nice now by faith because you believe you've already received those things, and that's an act of faith, and that's believing you received. Forgive people that hurt you like you got the blessings you desire. How many of you know, I said this a couple years ago in healing school, you know, when, when, you, when you really believe you received your house paid off, when you really believe you received those financial breakthroughs and all that reserve that you want, when you really believe you received that miracle for your body or your life or your marriage or your finances or that healing, when you really believe you receive it, and two days later you kick the dog, you, you you've slipped. How many know you're really nice to your dog if you really believe you have those things? You're nice... I mean, so you, you can tell when you slip out of faith, you start acting like you really don't have the things you believed you received. There's coming a day where you're going to feel, see, taste, touch, and smell all these blessings. But before that can happen, you got to believe you already got it in your heart. There's a hand called the hand of faith. It's invisible, and it takes it first in the heart, and then as you hold on to it, it can show up in the physical realm. So here, here's just a couple of things that I'm not going to go to that scripture we said to. It's Mark chapter five. We'll take up here next week as the Lord leads. But it's another situation where man ran out of answers. Man ran out of solutions. Doctors had no cure. A woman had an issue of blood, a flow of blood for 12 years. She had spent all she had on all these physicians. She did everything she could. didn't, Didn't get any better, but rather grew worse. So in other words, all else failed. But her faith got her some results. When nothing in this world could get her results. Best physicians, best doctors. How many know just because physicians say there's nothing they can do doesn't mean your faith in God can't fix it? I wish people would take as much time building their faith as they do in trying to find natural cures. Mm -hmm. Because faith can fix everything. A natural cure at times is iffy. Faith is never iffy. And I wanted to read this to you. Is God not answering or are people not believing? As to why they're not seeing results. It's very easy to say, well, God just said no. I mean, that's so wrong. God already said yes. All His promises are yes and amen. All of them, Old Testament, New Testament, they're all yes. Not one of them is maybe or no. They're all yes. All the promises are yes. Yes. It's the scripture that really helped me when the devil was lying to me in my early years of Christianity where he said, you know, all those promises in the Old Testament, those are for the Jews. And then I found the scripture in Corinthians where it says, no, all the promises in the Bible are yes and amen to all of us who are in Christ. That would include Genesis through Revelation. Yeah. So I want to say this now. Hearing, knowing, quoting, getting excited about Mark eleven twenty three 23 is not doing It's a part of it, but it's not all of it. Believe you receive is a full-time job. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again, that effective praying has a lot to do with what you do after you're done praying than just what you're doing while you're praying. It's called staying in faith, making sure you don't abort your own prayer, making sure you don't slip out of faith back into the realm of someday I'm going to get it. I really am, Pastor. Someday I'm going to get it. What happened to I believe I got it? There's a realm called, I believe I got it. God didn't lie. I know I don't see it yet. I know I don't feel it yet. But if I want to see it and feel it, I better believe I got it. Because believe you receive comes before ye shall have. Ye shall have comes after you believe you receive. And so, if you want results, and I know we all do, you're going to have to make room for doing what's necessary to stay in the realm of, I believe I got it. Most people don't have room in their schedule for this because there's some things you have to do to stay in the realm of I believe I got it. And if you're not diligent to do those things, you will unconsciously slip back into I believe someday I'm going to get it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, Visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.